Zach Wilson, I think, can actually be a league winner, right? Like, I think that Zach Wilson can actually be that go-to guy. And, you know, you probably made that – you probably got that championship belt last year, right? We oh, went yeah. from, Kings? from trophies yeah. – dude, the Kings belt. Like, that. I saw that belt. I didn't realize how heavy that belt was. That's a big sucker, man. You see the picture I tweeted my grandma with it? <laughs> no, I missed that. That's awesome. It was was so she able funny. to pick it up, or did you have to like put it on like her shoulder? She was outside, and she's like freaking ninety. Like she was outside just watering the flowers, and I was like, "Oh, Oma, like come look at this belt real quick." I was just gonna show it to her, and she takes it and throws it on her shoulder, and is like, "Walking <laughs> Dude, around that thing's with like forty-five pounds or something." I know. I was heavy. like, "I was like, oh my, that thing weighs half your freaking size." Like, what are you doing? 10 out of 10 for me, man. That shit was legit. I We did a bulk order, I think, because like the past champions were able to uh, apply for it. So yep. it was a hundred bucks each, man. Hey, I, you know, I, I lose a hundred bucks on a, on a regular UFC card trying to trying to bet on whatever's going on. So at least that one gets to uh, stay in my mantle for a while. So trophysmack.com. See, they got these trophies that are like three or four feet tall. Like they're insane. You can get one like fishbowls on it. You can get one with like bobbleheads on it. It is sick, man. You guys got to go check out trophysmack.com. I mean, you heard it. Ian didn't even know. And he literally vouched for the company without even knowing the news vouching for it. Go check out trophysmack.com. While you're there, go enter in promo code CIRCLE. Once again, that's promo code CIRCLE. You will get a free ring valued at 60 bucks. So go check out trophysmack.com. Go enter in the promo code CIRCLE to get your free ring. going on everybody welcome on into yes the tuesday waiver wire show i'm joined by my co-host Britt flynn what's going on Britt? how you doing tonight i'm great how are you doing I'm doing well i'm doing well i'm excited it's a good night it's a good talk for waiver wires we have a lot of different views on this week so i'm very excited to to dive into it and to actually get into some of the differences that we have of opinion on here i, I think i'm trashing a lot more players than you are but i still see some guys that you know are on your list that i, I can't stand and and you don't either, so that's that's a good start to it. So we will get in, we will dive into that, of course. But our segment today, our show today, consists of our no shit guys, which are guys you should obviously go pick up off the waivers. We're not going to spend a lot of time on that. This is just more of a brief overview of like, hey, you should definitely go pick this guy up. We're not even questioning this. And then we have the guys that you know we're pretty much shitting on, like the guys that we don't want to pick up. And we finish it up with our gems, some players that we went across multiple websites looking for these players, and nobody was covering it. So we wanted to dive into that and make sure that we bring it up so you all have the best and deepest advice for those leagues that you know might have a, a deeper bench. So let's go ahead and hop into it, Britt. You want to bring us in on your little intro that I see that you wrote up here on the top of our show sheet? Yeah, I just kind of wrote a little note to myself while I was doing the show sheet just to remind myself, like, this is gritty. Like, it's time for the playoff push. Like, no more pussyfooting around. Like, if you yeah, want no to make the playoffs, people. like, it's, I know, it's a Southern 
colloquialism. I like it. I'm on the pussyfooting. No pussyfooting. Yeah. But we've got a few buys this week. Um, people are going to be clamoring to the waiver wire. Those who have a little bit of fab remaining. Um, the Texans, Giants, Bengals, and Bears are all off this week. We've got a couple coming up next week that are high-powered offenses, which we kind of touch on that throughout the show with preemptive strikes. And um, we've also had to deal with positive COVID tests and injuries this God. week. So um, navigating this week's waiver wire is going to be a little bit tough, but um, I think we can steer you all in the right direction. We also have some some charges filed as well, right? Uh, you want to bring us in on that? So I don't, I'm not quite sure if it's um, civil litigation or criminal litigation, but Adam Schefter did break um, that Dalvin Cook has, quote, been involved in a, well, the victim of a domestic abuse situation and an extortion situation, and that litigation is pending. Um, we don't really know the extent of that. There, I was scouring it before the show started. Nothing else has broken except for what Schefter has said. So it'll be interesting to follow that because I think if there are criminal charges, even, and Dalvin Cook is the victim, if he has to cooperate with police and write statements, um, be a witness, et cetera, et cetera, there could be a chance that he misses practice just to deal with his um, personal life. So that's an, a situation that we should keep monitoring. Yeah, I feel like it's something that might take a minute to develop. You know, they might try and push it back to, towards the end of the season, but obviously got filed here for a reason. So I'm kind of curious as to why, you know, Dalvin Cook would support it. It must have gotten to the point where he just couldn't handle it anymore. So he had to file you know, mid-season after, you know, he's recovering from this, from the injury that he dealt with a, a couple weeks ago as well. So, yeah, I, I'm interested in that. I, I want to see how the news breaks, but let's go ahead and let's kick it off with some of the no-shit pickups for Week 10. We're going to start out with the quarterback position and your first guy was Justin Fields. So, Justin Fields, come on down. Tell me what's going on in your head, Britt. Why is Justin Fields a no-shit pickup? Well, I'll be the first to admit I took I took the under on his passing yards yesterday because I didn't think that he was going to have back-to-back performances, especially with um, Nagy back. He looked pretty decent after he finally found his footing. Um, he put up almost 300 yards, another 45 in rushing, I don't think he's an every week starter going forward, but after his bye week next week, he's facing the Ravens and the Ravens are allowing the 10th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Um, it's 23.4 on average next week. The, um, the Rams are on by. So if you're looking to get ahead of your competition, I think that you should go ahead and scoop up fields and he'll be a solid bye week fill in going forward. Yeah, and Tony came in and said Justin Fields is awful. Uh, we don't disagree with that necessarily. However, the rushing upside is absolutely there. The big playability is absolutely there. And he looks like he found a connection with Cole Komet this past week that I don't think was evident previously. So I feel like he's fine in his way. He's sorting his way through his offense. It all started when Matt Nagy actually missed the game, and now it's all coming together for him. So I'm excited to see how that rolls out. So, Tony, yes, Justin Fields has been awful thus far in the season. However, he is a rookie. He does have to develop. But moving on to another guy who, you know, He's he's had his time to develop, and he looks like a good quarterback for fantasy football. I mean, I, I talked about it last week. He was on my week my my waiver wire pickups last week. How Teddy Bridgewater, right? He's a guy that has the air yards that we're looking for. You know, the adjusted yards per attempt that we're looking for. Uh, he's making the downfield throws. Like he he was top ten in downfield downfield attempts so far in the season. I mean, he's hitting every single category that we look for in fantasy football. 
but yet he's just not producing and it's not there. And it's like, why isn't it there if he's hitting every metric that we look for in a quarterback? And it's mainly because his receivers just weren't doing anything after the catch. Like they, I think they were averaging something like 2.3 yards or something on those lines prior to this past week after the catch. Jerry Judy comes back. They look a little bit better. Still nothing too great. But Tim Patrick looks like he's emerging as a top guy in this offense. He looked like that last year, but now it really feels like he could be something more so than just a, a four-string wide receiver. He looks like he could be a starter in the NFL. Cortland Sutton, yeah, he needs to get on a, on the same page with Bridgewater, but it could be there. And Jerry Judy is there to create yards out of the catch. So tell me why. Tell me why. Teddy Bridgewater is that quarterback that you're tackling for the waivers. Well, I know that the Bridgewater moniker isn't exactly sexy. You know, you want to go out for these big name quarterbacks, but Bridgewater has been really quietly consistent in the just, I'm going to say it shit show that was week nine. Um, I mean, Josh Allen, are you kidding me? Um, Bridgewater finished. No, I'm not ready to awful. deal with that. I'm not ready to deal with that now, Britt. <laughs> <sighs> but but Bridgewater finished as the quarterback six. He had 21.9 fantasy points. He wasn't, you know, just out there throwing bombs, but he was very productive and very safe with the balls that he did throw. Um, they're facing Philadelphia this week, who's allowing 18.15 fantasy points per game to the position. And although I don't think that he'll win a matchup for you, he shouldn't lose it for you like several of the other quarterbacks who are available on waivers this week. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that. Uh, he makes me a little bit nervous from week to week, but especially facing Philadelphia, who, like you brought up, you know, been all right. They're all right up against the quarterback thus far. He makes me a little bit nervous, but this is going to be my waiver wire pickup, and this is my darling. This is my baby. So if y'all want to laugh at me, that's okay. But the XFL stud... P.J. Walker is assuming the starting role for at least two or three weeks, or at least as long as he can hold it, right? And this guy, he he came from the Colts originally, right, where he practiced with Andrew Luck. And for those who don't know, Andrew Luck's dad was actually the XFL president. He ran the XFL. So Andrew Luck's like, hey, you need to make sure this guy ends up on a team. He was the best guy that was on our team. He was the most talented guy. I know he played quarterback, but he was the most talented overall on our team during practices. This guy can ball. So Andrew Luck's dad made made a few calls and actually got him on one of the teams. And P.J. Walker went out there and lit it up. He wasn't even supposed to be the starter. He came in as a backup, took over the starting role, and lit the league up throwing for like four touchdowns a game in the XFL. Now, that's the XFL. That's not the NFL. And so far in the NFL, he sucked. But he also has not been practicing with the starters, and they haven't designed a game plan built around his skill set. I mean, he's somebody that, that needs to see wide open lanes, right? He needs to get outside the pocket if he does not see wide open lanes. And that's not the type of play calling that they've been trying to maximize or optimize, I should say, for Sam Darnold. P.J. Walker should be able to connect with D.J. Moore on a regular basis. I think that he could end up lock, unlocking Robbie Anderson. But more so, I'm looking at the connection that he could have with Terrace Marshall moving forward, who's a guy that he took snaps with in preseason and actually got some practice time with. You know, he already has that connection. It's already being built from the offseason. So moving forward, I think that P.J. Walker could be a stud. I think he can take this job outright from Sam Darnold because guess what? Sam Darnold has done nothing but let this organization down. So I'm locking in P.J. Walker as my no-shit pickup of the week. He at least needs to be rostered, and he at least needs to take a shot to see what they can do with him getting a, a full week's worth of reps at the starting quarterback position. Real quick, we have a – Question coming in from David Goodman. He said, pick up Russell Wilson and start him or bench him. My other QB is Jalen Hurts. So this week I'm not playing Jalen Hurts at all. Not up against Denver. 
Denver is way, way too sharp of a team. Even when they played Lamar Jackson, I believe Lamar Jackson put up like 37 rushing yards or 27 rushing yards against him. And then who was the other one? Was it Josh Allen or Daniel Jones? Put up a handful of yards. Regardless, they haven't allowed a lot of yards on the ground to the to the quarterback position. Meanwhile, I mean, their secondary could end up being the best secondary in the NFL this year as they get healthier and healthier. Uh, I am not starting hurt. So if you can pick up Russ Wilson and play him, I'm saying go for it. He's up against Green Bay this week. Like, that should be a cakewalk. I'm taking Russell Wilson, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Denver's defense kind of adjusted a little bit more, and I think they might have cracked the code this week. They moved their linebackers and their safeties a lot further forward so that they can attack that quarterback and the running position um, a lot faster and more effectively. And I I don't see any reason why they don't continue to do that this week against Hurts when his big upside is his rushing ability. So, Yeah, I think Denver is a team that I'm going to be avoiding, regardless of who my quarterback is, if it's Patrick Mahomes, well, especially Patrick Mahomes right now. But I don't care for Josh – well, after this week, not even Josh Allen. Um, I don't care – oh, no, P. Dak Prescott didn't do too hot either. All right, I'll think of a quarterback that I might want to play up against him. But no, Denver's definitely a, a team that I'm avoiding for the for the quarterback position anytime they, they match up against one. All right, on to the running backs. I want to hear this first one. You go ahead and start it out. So my number one no shit running back is Dearness Johnson. He's only rostered in 45.2% of leagues. I woke up this morning, saw to my absolute horror, I thought that spooky season was over, but the entire Cleveland Browns running back room is COVID positive with the exception of Johnson. Um, when Johnson started against Denver in week seven, he averaged 6.6 yards a carry on 22 attempts. And then he added another 22 yards on two receptions. He was really efficient yeah, was. with the touches that he got. I mean, and he's another one that I was like, no, don't pick him up, blah, blah, blah. He burned us last year. Don't do it. This year, they figured out how to make him work in that offense. Um, you don't have the best matchup this week going against New England, but the running back position is really thin on waivers. So if he's out there, I would definitely grab him as one of the top picks this week. I actually like this matchup for Daniels Johnson and, and the Patriots. The Patriots have this like bend but don't break type uh, mentality. They do a lot of stand-up people across the front seven, so it's not like a do- lot of down linemen. Uh, essentially, I think Barmore plays over there. I think he's a defensive tackle. He's been playing great, by the way. But essentially, they'll allow running backs to get a little bit over four yards per carry and just kind of like burn it up that way. And, you know, hopefully they, they hold him to two yards on, you know, one carry or another, which will end up putting him in third and longs. They force him to throw and then pick the ball off like we saw this past week, you know, up against Carolina. Like this is like their their offense is not very predictable. Their defense is almost to a take. They do the same thing every single year. So up against Aaron Johnson, he's going to see the volume and he's going to see the four yards per carry line most likely. You know, if he gets 20 carries for 80 yards and then all of a sudden we're talking about, what, three or four catches for 20 yards, he throws in a touchdown. You're talking about a possible 20-point performance. So I actually like, well, 15 to 20-point performance. I like Darius Johnson, and I'm definitely picking him up and targeting him in the leagues that uh, I need a running back. But am I going to play him over a stud? No, because there's a chance he could have, you know, 20 carries for 80 yards and that's it. <laughs> that's, that's the max of it. So I don't want to try and chase that, that upside too much. He does offer a decent floor, but I'm not going to play him over a stud. I'm going to hop a different direction from you. And I'm going to say, get one week ahead of it. Beat the curve. Go pick up uh, Kareem Hunt. 
Go pick up Kareem Hunt right now. He's got about, what, two weeks left. Uh, I think the original timetable is four to six weeks. Uh, this week will make it week three. Yeah, so he can come back like the earliest time. Best case scenario was that he would come back next week. I would pick him up and just get him on your rosters. I know that he's still rostered in a lot of leagues. However, with this, you know, this bye period and everybody freak or yeah, the bye weeks that have happened and the injuries that have happened and everybody just kind of falling apart, people coming back from injury. I mean, there's a chance that he got lost in sauce. Now, I still think that he's probably rostered in at least seven, 70% of leagues, but check your leagues. Make sure that he's not out there. And if he's out there, go ahead and grab him, get him on your roster. I like it. Yeah. The only concern about that is that Cleveland's buy is week 13. And if they decide that he's not ready to return, they could possibly wait until after the buy to activate him. But if you have a roster spot, like, yeah, and you well. can get him, then he's going to be a postseason stud for you. So agreed. Definitely agreed. All right. On to yours. Your next one, ma'am. Yeah, so I'm going to go Brandon Bolden, which feels icky, right? But um, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson both entered concussion protocol um, after Sunday's game. They didn't even really say that it was a concussion. They just entered some kind of protocol with a, quote, head injury. And yeah. that makes me really concerned. Like, if they won't even say that it's a concussion and just a head injury, like, what's going on there? Um, I think J.J. Carey or J.J. Taylor could get – the bulk of the actual carries, but Bolden thrives in the pass game and Cleveland's defense has a real weakness against pass catching running backs. Um, I looked up the dose score today. Oh, on go Cleveland, on. And they, wait, where did you find a, it? On fantasyintervention.com. Fantasy <laughs> <laughs> the dose score, D-O-C-E. Yes. And uh, Cleveland has a 9.52 dose score. So it's 10th worst in the league, actually on against pass catching running backs. So if Stevenson and Harris are both out, I think Bolden could be a very valuable addition to your roster this week. Yeah, and Brandon Bolden, you can pretty much project when he's going to play. Like there's a lot of times that you don't know when you can play Brandon Bolden, but essentially if you just go to fantasyintervention.com and you go check out the dose scores, anytime that you're going to be facing one of these, you know, yellow to orange type teams, anybody below the you know, 20th or below pretty much like you can actually target him in those games. And he's gone off in almost every single one of them. I think there was one where he did not, and it was just a weird game flow, but uh, yeah, he, he performs in every single opportunity that they know that you're, you know, that they're not going to be passing to Damian Harris. You know, that you know, that you're not going to be giving them opportunities on third down. That's going to be Brandon Bolden's job up against poor uh, uh, defenses up against the pass catching running back. But I like that. And I love your take on the dose score. What about Devonta Freeman? Because I'm a little bit nervous about this one. You said Devonta Freeman's a no shit pickup. It's well, you know, it's seemed like over the past couple of weeks that that he is the guy in Harbaugh's backfield. Um, Latavius Murray is likely going to be out. The game is Thursday this week. He didn't practice today for some reason. Harbaugh hates. I wrote Ty stepson Williams <laughs> because it literally seems like that's how Harbaugh treats him. Um, Freeman got 13 carries for 79 yards this week. It was a 6.1 yards per carry average, and he got another two receptions for a touchdown. I mean, he's had three double-digit PPR starts in a row. I don't know if I'm starting him as an RB2, but I think he's super valuable as a flex. And they're playing the Dolphins. The Dolphins. They're allowing 24.6 PPR points a game to opposing running backs. And I've got to ride the hot hand in, in Freeman this week. 
Yeah. Oh man, he makes me nervous. I I can't be mad at it, but I I don't know when I can ever support it. I mean, all right, the reason why he got so many tar or you know why he did perform in the passing game was because of him and Ricard ran a total of fifty routes. Like I think Ricard had twenty one and he had twenty nine or something. Like we're talking about fifty routes. That's insane between the two players. Uh, you know we don't see that kind of that kind of route running ability from. Baltimore Ravens running backs. So I'm a little bit skeptical, but I can still see how it could work out. I don't hate it. I just don't know if I can fully support it. As for the wide receiver position, I hate your first one. What? I hate your first one. You hate Elijah Moore? I don't Why? hate him. All right, all right. So I don't hate him for future reference. Like, I don't hate him after this week. I, I don't have the, the bill schedule in front of me. I'll look it up here as, as I talk. But uh, – this first week, I'm sorry, the Jets schedule. This first week, they face the the Bills. And the Bills are providing pressure at the highest rate in the league thus far this season. And it, I don't even think it's relatively close. Then you talk about their uh, explosive passing plays allowed. They've allowed the least amount of explosive passing plays. They've only allowed 15. It's 5% of the plays against the Bills, passing-wise, have been explosive passing plays. The average is like 12%. The average amount for, for teams right now is around 30 on the season. They've allowed 15. That's where Elijah Moore thrives. That's where Elijah Moore gets his fantasy points. And although I don't think that's how he should get his fantasy points, that's how he is getting his fantasy points. I mean, we talk about Mike White coming back as a check down king, right? Uh, the Bills are prime pressure. There's no way that Elijah Moore is going to be able to get down the field and catch balls because Mike White is going to be checking it off to the running backs before it even gets there. And the Bills are great up against pass uh, or pass catching running backs, but like you know, so so they're still not going to get it. So you're going to talk about. I mean, the Bills defense is going to go ham if you play DFS. The Bills defense is the answer this week. I don't care what the pricing is; they are going to smash faces. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be nasty. But go ahead, tell me why you like Elijah Moore. Well, we're all about uh, preemptive pickups okay, on the show, right? right? right. Yeah. So even though That's I don't the preemptive pickup. <laughs> yes. So even though I don't want to play him this week against Buffalo, their um, upcoming schedule is against Miami, That's great. at Houston, and then at home again against Philadelphia. I think Moore has kind of found his footing in this offense. They're lining him up at several different spots. Um, it's not just Crowder in the slot now. Moore has worked out of the slot a little bit. Plus, he's gone downfield. Um, I love his route running. I thought he was one of the most under, under ranked, um, underappreciated, undervalued rookies going into this year. And it just, it's unfortunate that he went to the jets, but he's showing why he was a top receiver in this year's draft class. So I want to get him before he blows up and then somebody else scoops him up. Yeah, I could see that. Like I said, it for me, it was more of like a note of like, hey, do not play Elijah Moore this week. It was in my article that I wrote up for uh, for Trophy Smack. You guys can go check it out at trophysmack.com and then go to Smack Zone. Yeah, I wrote up players that I want to completely avoid. And it just says like, side note, do not play Elijah Moore this week. It's ridiculous. All right. So you had Elijah Moore. And then Tim Patrick is your next no-ship pickup. I don't think we have to talk too much about that, do we? No, not no, he's he's playing a little bit more snaps than Jerry Judy. Um, he's not getting a lot of targets, but his yak is absolutely insane. Um, I might not play him this week, 
because he's playing the Chargers, but his upcoming schedule's super, super tasty. And he may help you making a playoff push. Um, he's after the Chargers. It's at Kansas City, at home against Detroit, at her, home against Cincinnati, and then at the Raiders. So, That's I mean, yeah. All right, Zach Pascal. He's next up on your list. So he's another one that's not super sexy. It just, there are all these names that are kind of like, what's going on here? But he's seeing a decent target share. Um, Pascal is actually second in targets per game behind Michael Pittman Jr. He's averaged seven targets per game in the past three games. And he's playing really consistent ball, which I think makes him a worthy flex option. They also have a fairly decent upcoming schedule with the exception of Buffalo. Um, it's at home versus Jacksonville, at Buffalo versus Tampa Bay, and then at Houston. Like, aside from the Buffalo game, I love this upcoming schedule. And I, we don't know when T.Y. Hilton's going to come back. And if Hilton comes back, is he going to usurp these younger guys who have built the rapport with Carson Wentz? Mm, probably not. Probably not right off the bat. It's going to take a minute. I like that take. On to the tight ends. Pat Fryermuth. Oh, that's... I, just a given, right? Oh, I mean, we're we've been harping on him for so long. I know. I know. We've been talking about Patty Fryer for a minute now. I'm glad to see that, you know, he's coming out. He had, what, two touchdown game up against the Bears. He's looking like a stud. Do you have anything to add about that, or do you want to go ahead and hop on to – oh, Cole Komet. Yeah. Um, so just one thing about Fryer move is that I think his usage is even going to increase next week because Claypool's banged up. Ebron's still questionable to play. I mean, Firemouth is one of the dudes, and Ben loves to check it down. So aside from Najee, Firemouth's the other dude. Love it. Yep. I'll take that. And Cole Komet, like we talked about in the beginning of the show, it looks like he's creating this, you know, this this aura, right? This this connection, this eye-to-eye type, uh, you know, thing going on with with Justin Fields. I mean, they, they look great together. They're the cutest couple, I think, in the NFL, and and I adore it. I absolutely adore it. If Nagy could just get Jimmy Graham out of there, Cole Komet would be a top 10 every week. I have no doubt in my mind, but Nagy's Why was Jimmy Graham getting targeted so much in I the red zone? I don't know. I don't know. That killed my <laughs> soul. And I know it killed the uh, Cole Komet club, by the way. Sorry about that, guys. I mean, I, I didn't have anything to do with it, but... Yeah, we wanted to see him go off. It did not happen. So let's go over these these players that we're shitting on because I'm tired of like just hearing every last quarterback spit out. Taylor Henneke was one, and and you put it on the sheet first, and I'm like, that's the one I wanted to talk about because it's it's making me angry that Taylor Henneke is even being mentioned. Now I know that he had a great game up against them in the playoffs, right? When when the pressure was on, and he, and he went out and he had over 300 yards passing, he had a a touchdown he had a rushing touchdown if he had 40 rushing yards if i remember correctly i mean he was smashing it right he was the man and he comes out this year and he starts out okay but in all reality he's not a good quarterback and although he's okay fantasy he's let you down i don't even know how many weeks in a row now i mean he definitely let you down last week sitting there on bye and stuff so <laughs> yeah he's just he's inconsistent as hell he's got a a favorable matchup against the Bucks, but with him, he's shown that that doesn't mean anything. I mean, he had a favorable matchup against Kansas City in week six, and he threw for 182 yards. Like, one touchdown, one interception. Against the Chiefs, like, come on, dude. I think yep. this is a play at your own risk. If you want to YOLO ball it, then go for it, but I, I see him burning you for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe the bye week creeps, creates a little bit of wiggle room, right? Maybe a little bit of some extra pizzazz, but I don't like this matchup. I mean, defense is going to be fired up, so that's going to be good. Could create some turnovers, some short field positions. But overall, this defense has not been good this far in the year. Tampa Bay is also coming off a bye week, so it's not like we have an advantage over – or it's not like the Washington football team has an advantage over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when it comes to the bye. And honestly – I don't know that Ron Rivera is that much better of a game planner than he is, you know, with uh, uh, Bruce Arians. Excuse me. So I don't like it. I'm out on Taylor Henneke for sure. As for Trevor Lawrence, what you got, girl? Ugh, this hurts me because I was all in on him. Then the Urban Meyer experience happened. Lawrence has had a couple of dismal games since he got off his bye, which just goes to show you that the bye doesn't necessarily make no. you better. Um, he's totaled only 356 yards combined in those past two games with one total touchdown and an interception. Brutal. Um, the Colts, you know, they could be a favorable matchup. They're allowing 20.8 fantasy points per game. But I'm so worried about his ceiling being low and also his floor being low. I don't think I can trust him in this matchup. Plus, he has an ankle injury. So. Yeah, that injury that took him out for, you know, brought him to the locker room. He did come back in and he played, he played all right, but it might hurt his rushing upside. You know, they might tend to call a little more screens, you know, a little bit more passes to Carlos, whatever his name is. Um, but no, I, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, of Trevor Lawrence this week. I do like Trevor Lawrence overall, but I need to see him break out. I need to see something happen. Uh, in order for me to hop on board with him and redraft positions at all. Leave him on the waivers. Like, don't let him implode your team. We're talking about the playoff run here, folks. We're talking about your chance to win a championship belt is on the line. It is on the line. And you guys are throwing it down the drain by playing Trevor Lawrence. You guys can actually grab a championship belt for your home leagues. Sorry, it's upside down. And... Go rock it. Go wear it out to the bars. I've worn it to the bars multiple times. I mean, once was Halloween. The other time it was come back from vacation. I just felt fancy, so I wanted to wear it. But, yeah, if you guys go to trophysmack.com, get yourself a belt, right? This belt, with the purchase of this belt, you will actually get a free championship ring valued at 60 bucks as well. Go to trophysmack.com. The link is actually in the, uh, in the show at the very bottom. If you guys scroll down, you look at the show details, right? It'll actually give you a link. If you use that link, it'll get you a free championship ring. If you guys don't see the link, go to trophysmack.com. When you put a ring and a belt or a trophy in your cart, you'll actually get the ring for free. It's valued at 60 bucks. Go to trophysmack.com. Use promo code CIRCLE. Let's get in this promo code CIRCLE. All right. So let's hop on a running back because I cannot wait to discuss this with you, man. We have the king of all running backs. He's going to put all running backs to shame. He's the best seventh-round draft pick to ever happen in the NFL. He is the man. No, no, no. The myth. No, 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 no. The legend. Eno Benjamin. Come on down, Eno. <laughs> like, how are you going to put Eno in your, in your, your shit-on list? What the hell? Uh, well, a lot of people are thinking just by looking at the box score that uh, Eno is the complimentary piece to James Conner after no, Edmonds got no, hurt. No, 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 no. James Conner's a complimentary piece to Eno. That's, it's not true. It's not true. Um, Conner actually played 77% of the snaps on Sunday, and Benjamin only played 
I mean, Connor has shown that he is a workhorse back. He did the same thing in Pittsburgh behind a way worse offensive line. And he showed that he's more than capable of handling the duties in Arizona. I also hate that the Cardinals are facing the Panthers in week 10. They're the fourth best against opposing running backs in fantasy. Very good. Connor has a lot of pass catching upside. So I like that in PPR formats for him, even if they do shut him down in the run game. And I just don't think Benjamin does it anytime soon, even though he might later on. We'll see. He's just not it for me. Dude. Are you kidding me? I know I'm yeah. breaking your heart. <laughs> what, was the score? what was the score of the Arizona game? It was a blah, right? It was two touchdowns, you know? So why are they going to roll out their stud, their star running back, in a blowout? It makes no sense. You you put the backup in like James Conner was. James Conner was the backup in this game. You know, he, they need to give him reps. They need to keep Eno Benjamin, you know, fresh like they have been for the past two years. <laughs> they need to make sure this guy is ready to roll out in their important contest. So Eno Benjamin is the right answer in this one. Eno Benjamin's a stud. He was a stud in college. He was a stud when he went to the combine. And although he fell in drafts, I know he did. He will be a stud in the pros. He will be taking Chase Edmonds' job from him, and he will be kicking James Conner down the stairs. James Conner's going to end up breaking some kneecaps or something on his way down because he's so old. But, uh, no, Eno Benjamin is a stud. He might not be a pickup and play for this week. However, he is a pickup and stash. They have the Seahawks, who got demolished by Derrick Henry. And if Derrick Henry can demolish him, so can Eno Benjamin. They have, after that, the Bears. And guess what Najee did to the Bears last night? Well, he pretty much ate them for breakfast. Guess what's going to happen with Eno? That's just going to be a snack. That's going to be a little appetizer. After that, it's Rams. And the Rams, they allow running backs to get all the yards underneath. They allow running backs to sit there and feast in the short yardage situations. One of the worst teams at covering pass catcher running backs. You know what Eno Benjamin can do? He can catch passes. So, yes, he will eat again. And then we have the Lions, who are one of the worst teams in the NFL up against the running back. And by those, Eno Benjamin will be ready to come back. But guess what? Eno Benjamin's job at that point. He's going to be running 98% of the snaps. He's going to be doing bigger numbers than Christian McCaffrey. It's Eno Benjamin season. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, enough about that. Let's go on to Jordan Howard because we both hate Jordan Howard. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I want the drugs you're on with your Eno take, but. <laughs> what? No drugs. What? Clear mind. Clear mind. Um, they got the Colts. Oh, the Colts, the pass kitchen game, the Cowboys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We have to stop talking about Eno. We have to, or else I won't be able to focus. All right. Um, so, Jordan Howard, for me, is a total avoid. If you have room on your bench and you want a speculative running back who you think might do something down the line, go for it. But I can't trust Sirianni or any running back who just came up from the practice squad two weeks ago. He only played in 40% of the snaps in week nine. He's got a matchup with the Broncos this week, who are ninth best against the running back position. And that entire backfield as a whole, you just really don't know Who's going to play what? Who's going to play what role? Who's going to get what kind of pass blocking? Who's going to run routes? It's just, it's a cluster. And I cannot justify wasting fab or rostering Jordan Howard. Yeah, Jordan Howard is definitely one of my, my future guys. It makes no sense to me. You know, he wasn't even the lead running back on his own team. 
this past yeah. week. Like he didn't play the most snaps. Like that's absolutely like that's mind blowing me. And when we sit there and we look at his upcoming schedule, it's it's brutal. I know that that obviously, you know, it's an issue with the Broncos coming up. And he has the Saints right after that, who are betting the Broncos at stopping running backs. I mean, sure, like by the time that he rolls around and he actually has good matchups, I think it's like Miami after that. Sure, like you can play him, but then we're going to be talking about possibly Miles Sanders coming back. And then it could be either committee or Miles Sanders just takes a job back. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I think it's actually the – nope. Yeah. Oh, and the teams that he produced against. That's what it was. The teams he produced, produced against were the Lions and the Chargers, uh, two of the bottom three teams up against the running back position. Of course, they're going to run, and he's going to look good up against them. It's not going to keep happening like that. Get out of here with your Jordan Howard takes, people. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to pick him up. And you're wasting your fab if you pick him up. Like, that's the biggest part. You're wasting your fab. You're wasting your waiver wire priority. And you can't get one of these championship belts, right? One of these gorgeous things, which you can find on trophysmack.com. Use promo code CIRCLE. But yeah. Yep. Burning money. Burning money. Burning money. I'm like burning money on this belt. This belt was totally worth it. All right. On to <laughs> Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde was my take on this one. Um, God, Carlos Hyde. I understand that he gets volume, right? Like volume, 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 volume. And I know that wasn't, was he one of your pickups? No. No, he was not. Okay, good. Good. Because I really want to trash him. Um, no. Carlos Hyde for me is complete and absolute dog doo-doo. Like, I don't understand like trying to chase chase the points or chase the volume. I keep on hearing volume, volume, volume. I don't want to hear it. You know what? The you know, he's not gonna get in the passing game this week once again. It's gonna be volume because the Colts allow, I believe, the sixth least amount of targets to the running back position. Uh, you know, the Bills last week, sure, he he gave you a, a X amount of carries, but he was absolutely terrible. And I believe he only ran routes on, what was it? I, I believe he blocked on 33% of, of the routes. I don't have it in front of me right now, but it's not, it's not great. It's not great. And then when he ran routes, he only saw a 12% target share. I don't want that target share. I don't want anything to do with, with Carlos Hyde. Get him out of my, my world. Get him out of my lineups. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't understand why you waste waiver wire crap on that. Like, Go get a guy that, that can actually offer you some explosive upside, like Brandon Bolden, like you brought up. I, I don't want to see a guy who's just going to get me, you know, six or 16 carries for, for 40 yards. I don't want that. Get it out of here. My other guy. No. Ugh, he was so inefficient. 3.2 yards of carry. Blah. Yeah. Can't it was do gross. It, it was Can't gross. It's it gross. He's not going to see the targets. So, and no. if he's not going to see the targets, he's not worth it. All right. My last guy is Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson, I liked him. And I said play him last week. Last week, I picked him up everywhere and I played him. He gave you 40 receiving yards and a touchdown. And it was glorious in the air, by the way. So I liked him last week. He was, you know, somebody that that I felt like you could count on to, to at least give you the upside in the receiving game. And even with Mike White out, right? Even with jo uh, Josh Johnson, who is a running quarterback who can scramble. I believe he had four carries for over 40 yards. In this matchup, he still ended up hitting his running backs. And, and Ty Johnson gave you a touchdown. Now. This week, oof, oof, he faces the Bills. And the Bills, like we talked about earlier, they provide pressure the highest rate in the NFL. Meanwhile, you know, they're great at containing the pass catch and running back. The DOCE score, fantasyintervention.com slash D-O-C-E, classifies the Bills as the third best uh, team up against the running back position. And it's because you have to leave your running back in the block. You cannot release your running back out because if you do, 
then your quarterback's going to get clobbered. They don't even – they blitz a decent amount, but they don't blitz like the highest rate in the NFL. However, when they blitz, they get pressure right in the quarterback's face, and they do it very, very, very well on third downs. That's why we saw Carlos Hyde get stuck in a block and roll, and that's why we're going to see Michael Carter on the field more often than Ty Johnson, and that's to be the block. Sure, the releases and stuff, but the way the, blitz, the Bills blitz from out wide, it limits the ability to dump off, and you know that's something that – Mike White likes to actually do is he likes to dump off to the outsides. That will not be the case this week, unfortunately. I still think that Michael Carter can be valued, that he can get you the receptions. But as for Ty Johnson, with the containment rate that the Bills have, once again, you guys can find that at fantasyintervention.com slash D-O-C-E. Yeah, I'm not willing to invest in, in Johnson at any point. Now, Ty Johnson does have a se sexy schedule, but I would much rather sit there and wait for him to fall to me after the waiver wires process, which we'll talk about tonight, um, rather than just try and tackle him, uh, you know, in, in waivers and waste money on him. As for the wide receiver position, ma'am, what do you have to say for yourself? Oh, you hate this. You hate this. Mm -hmm. But I have Donovan Peoples-Jones. No! It, <laughs> it just, it feels like a trap or, or a roster clog to me. Um, everybody's all over him because Odell Beckham, has left the team there's this entire target and snap and route vacancy but even despite that donovan people's jones only saw three targets on 60 percent of the offensive snaps last week i think a lot of people are just looking at his box score which is kind of deceiving because most of his 86 yards were accrued on a 60 yard touchdown bomb and they're facing the patriots i think with all the COVID issues and the just the absence on their rushing side of the game that Belichick's going to be able to scheme away to kind of shut this offense down. Um, the Patriots are already 10th against the wide receiver position. So even if Cleveland went in completely healthy, I didn't like that, that matchup. The only caveat that I have is that if you need a fill in for some upcoming bye weeks, uh, the Browns do face the lions and then the Ravens before they're by. I'm just not playing DPJ this week. If you want to stash him for, for next week's matchup, I'm kind of on board with that, but I can't do it this week. Can't with you. I can't. <laughs> so back in 2020, right? We're, we're going to wind the clock back a little bit. There was one receiver with over 50% of the snaps played and got three out of four of his games in double digit fantasy points. You can guess who that is since we're talking about already Donna Peoples-Jones. Meanwhile, this year, he had a little bit of a rough start. You know, he wasn't getting targeted. He played 80% of the snaps, 75, 65, 50, 68, blah, 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 blah. Um, however, once they started to connect, right, because you heard you heard about it all offseason. You heard about how Baker Mayfield and him were just, they're, they were having dinner together, and they were whining and dining each other without even realizing that they were doing it to each other, and they just fell in love, and it was magical. And it just did not result in, in targets over the first four games. Week five, six targets. Week six, five targets. Uh, both games, double-digit fantasy points. Then he missed the next two. Week six happens, right? I'm sorry, week nine happens. Plays 60% of the snaps, and he gives you two for 86 and a touchdown, 16.6 points. This past three weeks have felt like the weeks from 2020 when everything was going great. And then the chemistry was phenomenal in the offseason. And unfortunately, Stefanski just did not want this connection to happen. 
He just didn't want it to happen, and nobody knows why. You know, they've asked Fancy. They're like, why don't you want Baker Mayfield and DPJ to be in love? They just seem like they're so much in love already, and you're not allowing Baker Mayfield to drop back and, and to hit DPJ. Why are you doing this? Why are you creating this wall? I mean, when you look at the you know reception percentage, they've only had two incompletions over, what is this, 12, 14, 15, 16 targets, two incompletions. They obviously have something magical there. And yet Stefanski just did not want this magic to happen. But now Stefanski has no choice because Chubb has COVID and Kareem Hunt is hurt. And Dearness Johnson is the only running back. Well, you cannot run the ball with just one running back. You just can't do it. There has to be a backup. There has to be a breather, especially for Dearness Johnson. So what's going to have to happen? They're going to have to throw the ball. You know. You know. Tell me you don't know, Britt. You know who Baker Mayfield is going to be looking for deep. You know who DPJ, the athletic freak that he is, who almost broke the combine in 2020, you know he's going to be open. And you know that connection that they had in the offseason and that they've been shown recently, that spark, that spark, that spark is really going to be flying in week 10. DPJ is going to smash and he's going to be a star for years to come because guess what? Stefanski and this uh, Vikings offense that he was on for multiple, multiple years, the one thing that they do better than any other team outside of arguably, arguably the Steelers, is they find late round receivers and they turn them into superstars. Adam Thielen, right? I believe he was undrafted. I mean, we talk about uh, Stefan Diggs, will be fourth, fifth round pick, right? I mean, he made people like Charles Johnson great for a year or two. Uh, who was the other dude that I can't even think of his name right now? Um, I don't. I don't even remember. He was great for a, for a year or two. Like he, they make they find a way to get the most out of these late round receivers who have significant athletic abilities, but who fall off because of lack of production. And it's not Donovan Peoples Jones' fault that he fell off because he was a five star prospect. He was an absolute stud coming out of high school. However, he chose instead of going to Ohio State, he was tricked. He was tricked by a witch. He was tricked by a witch named Harbaugh. And Harbaugh put a spell on him that made him go to Michigan. And you know what happens in Michigan? That's where skill position players go to die. Well, DPJ is not dead. He is alive, he is living, and he is going to be great. Watch it happen. Bring it on. We're going to the moon with this one. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Oh, that was just, that rattled my brain. I, I love it. Um, <laughs> all right. So you and I might disagree on DPJ, but how do you feel about uh, Deshaun Jackson? I don't see why you go out and waste waiver fab on him like everybody's telling you to do. That makes no sense to me. I think so, too. I think that Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller are the dudes in Vegas. And I mean... For if you need an example, Brian Edwards ran ninety three percent or played ninety percent of snaps in Week Nine. He only saw four targets. Yeah. Renfro only ran sixty five percent of snaps, and he saw nine. I mean, Carr has his favorite pass catchers, and unless they're running a short route, I don't think that he's going to look their way. So, I think that we can agree on Deshaun Jackson, even if we don't agree on DPJ. I agree with you on Deshaun Jackson. He's a wait and see. Plus, it takes a minute to pick up this offense. Now, I know it's not Gruden's offense anymore, but it is Gruden's offense still. So uh, you're going to have to wait and see with, with Sean Jackson. They're, like He might not pick up this offense. He might be running go routes on every single play just to pull defenders off of Waller. This could actually help Waller's value over anybody else. Yeah, I think so too. 
I'm out on on Sean Jackson at least until we wait and see. I'd rather spend money on him later in waivers than spend money and waste it now and end up with 60% of snaps with two targets. Like you're never going to know when to play him at that point because you you got to chase volume. You can't just chase random production. All right. On for the next guy, which we were on the same page with, I believe, last week of the week before that, and Russell Gage. Mm -hmm. So tell me why you don't like Russell Gage. Well, it seems that he got back on track last week. Um, He had seven catches on eight targets, but the week before he had zero targets. And it seems like the second half of the game, all of his end zone targets went to Zacchaeus, even though Zacchaeus only played 49% of the snaps. I think that he's too boom or bust for me, even with Ridley out and there are better wide receiver options out there. It's not that I hate him. If he's the only person out there, sure, go grab him. But in most leagues, I think that there are better options. Yeah, I agree. I just, I, I think he's just an average receiver at best. And, you know, with the quarterback that's inconsistent right now and in Matt, I, I don't know, off it. All right, let's go on to my take. Are you ready for another one of my takes? Let's do we it. Got, we got Alan Lazard and we got Randall Cobb and I don't get it, guys. I don't get it, guys and girls, I should say. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, we're talking about players that have seen very limited amount of targets. And I know, I get it. Like Alan Lazard, kid, he gave you three games in a row with a touchdown, right? Touchdown, those are fantasy points. Three games in a row. Are you kidding me? Three games in a row? Are you serious, Brett? Three games? Well, he gave you three games in a row of touchdowns up against Brandon Swords or Sorensen, I think it's Brandon Sorensen. Anyway, either way. Daniel. Daniel Sorensen, thank you. Sorensen, right, who's been struggling in coverage. You know, he's a safety that should never be in coverage up against wide receiver. Then you got one up against Danny something. I'm screwing up the names right now. Danny, who's a 5'9", fifth string receiver for Washington in a blowout cause. Like, that wasn't good. I mean, well, I shouldn't say blowout at that point. But essentially, it was it was a complete mismatch. Right where you you should never have Alan Lazard one on one with a five nine fifth string uh, slot cornerback. I think I said receiver. I meant cornerback. And then you had the matchup up against Eddie Jackson, who is another safety who's been struggling in coverage. Who is also like five nine, I believe, maybe five ten. It was not good uh, for the defenders of it there. Now I understand that they do have uh, Ugo over there, who's a five nine slot guy, but I don't think they're going to leave him one on one coverage with Alan Lazard this week. That's just not going to happen. So he's an absolute trash to me for, to sit there and to bank on touchdowns, which are extremely volatile as it is, right? Like you don't bank on touchdowns unless you're talking about a tight end. But for a wide receiver to sit there and say, hey, pick him up because he's got touchdowns. Guess what? He's only gotten what targets on. Let's see. Do I have it in front of me? I think it's something like 16% of the routes run. Maybe it's 12%. I mean, that's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And it's something where, like, I would never, never tell you to target Alan Lazard. Meanwhile, Randall Cobb, right? He went off two weeks ago because he ended up having two touchdowns. Well, guess what? He reminds me of, like that Larry Fitzgerald like type player right now. And I'm not saying he's Larry Fitzgerald, but his hands are very sure and he's playing veteran rips. Like he's using his body to shot, you know, to, to shade out defenders to make sure that they can't get to the ball. That's great. But he is creating zero separation. Zero. And Aaron Rodgers, if he has open wide receivers, he's going to find those open wide receivers much more often than he's going to try and squeeze a ball into a uh, you know a veteran wide receiver who doesn't have any athletic ability left in him. Uh, I'm looking at Randall Cobb as a complete joke of where, where I pick him, and I don't understand how people are telling you to pick him up at this point in time. Like It just doesn't make any sense. You have Devontae Adams on this roster. You have A.J. Dillon on this roster. You have Aaron Jones on this roster. Uh, you know You have... 
MVS sometimes. I don't think he's actually active right now. But regardless, like there are other players here. And the Seahawks have only given up double-digit fantasy points to two secondary wide receivers on the season. The other six games, they allowed the primary wide receiver to eat. So Devontae Adams all day. But as for the, the secondary wide receiver and the tertiary wide receiver, nothing. No points almost at all outside of Adam Thielen, who's a stud, right? And then Robert Woods, who they game plan for. And actually, Robert Woods was the leading receiver in that game. Meanwhile, Cooper Cup was the secondary wide receiver. And Cooper Cup still gave you like 95 and a touchdown. So, yeah, it, it's it, we're talking about two of the best tandems at wide receiver in the NFL with their secondary wide receiver putting up points. Meanwhile, the tertiary wide receiver is nowhere to be found. So you're telling me to pick up both Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard and expect them to put up points when you still have stud running backs and a stud wide. It just doesn't make any sense. And people are like, well, hey, it has to do with the game script, right? The past three games, he, you know, they didn't have to put up points. No, get out of here with that mess. Do not pick up Randall Cobb. Do not pick up uh, Alan Lazard. And do not expect them to, to give you fantasy points unless you're in a league that makes you start like 17 wide receivers, you know, for each team. Like that's the only way that I'm, I'm playing Alan Lazard and, and Randall Cobb. And if you want to buy into all the rumors and the gossip, apparently Odell Beckham is looking at green Bay as his top target. So like, are we even going to muddy those waters up more in case that comes to pass? Like no freaking way. He's going to the Titans or something. I Yeah. It's going to be something <laughs> random. I, something. I think he'll go to the saints, but it's going to be nah, weird, it, random wherever. It, it, that he would be so pissed if he went to the Saints. There's no way. There's no way because the Saints can't pay him either. I don't know. No. That, that's a conversation for another day. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. As to the tight end position, uh, I'm kind of interested here because CJ Usma has been good, not great. Like, you know, had hit weeks, but you have him up next on your trash list. I don't necessarily want to trash him, but I also don't want to pick him up because I think they're going into a bye week, anyways, right? Yeah. He's one of those kind of look ahead tight end pickups if you're just looking to get ahead of the curve but I just can't add him because of his big play dependency um, last week he got four of five targets for 24 yards the week before that he caught all four targets but he only got 33 yards I mean if he doesn't score a touchdown he's not going to produce anything for you and I think that there are better options available going forward even at that cesspool that is the tight end position right now yeah, it does. Yeah, it doesn't float my boat at all. I don't like that. As for Adam Trotman, why get a shit on Adam Trotman? Has he been shit on enough? I mean, yes, but apparently he's still in a lot of people's waiver list, which kind of blows my mind. Um, he's seen an uptick in targets over the past two games, which I think why people are finally coming on to him. But the production out of those targets hasn't been there. Uh, the last two weeks, he was two of six for four yards. This week, he was four of seven for 47. Um, the Saints also play at one of the slowest paces in the game on offense. They're 25th at 61.8 offensive plays per game. And out of those offensive plays, they run the second highest percentage of rush plays in the league at just under 50%. So you can't really trust any kind of pass catcher in this offense, let alone a tight end. And I just... He's not a bad person. He just doesn't fit well in this in this offense to produce for fantasy. <laughs> He's not a bad person. <laughs> I actually like Adam Trapp's sneaky post wire waiver wire pickup. Like, and I don't love him. I just think that he's somebody that could provide value. You know, as they move forward and the offense kind of you know tries to open up a little bit with Traquan Smith coming back. 
you know, it could end up opening up opportunities. And I think that Adam Troutman's a very good tight end. However, he's a great blocker, so that's part of it. The second part is that uh, he's not the best at running routes right now. You know, he's only been playing tight end for, I believe this is his fourth season, uh, at full-time tight end. He came into college as a quarterback. He transitioned. He played quarterback his first year, transitioned into tight end his second year, and then his third and fourth year, he just played tight end for those two years, you know, last year and now this year. So he's not even full four seasons as playing a tight end. However, the guy's extremely agile. Uh, you know, he's intelligent as hell, and he knows what a quarterback is looking for because he was a quarterback himself. He's he's quick off the off the ball, and if defenses start to forget about him like they did in 2020, we could see him have some sort of emergence towards the end of the season. However, don't bank on that. Like, if, if you have deep, deep leagues, great, but don't go pick him up right now. Like, that's – it's – one way to just implode your team and, and create a roster clog is by picking up Adam Troutman. However, in Dynasty Leagues, I'm all about him. All right, Gems. Who is your gem? Because uh, you got a long little list, right? Well, a long detail of one player right here. I'm so all about him. And this is Jeff Wilson Jr. He's been largely forgotten about this season because he's been on the pup list, but he's eligible to return. I think he actually returned last week. He just didn't play any snaps. He was a huge factor in the 49ers rush game last season. He put up 733 yards from scrimmage and had 10 touchdowns over 12 games. He's been hurt, like I said, but I really think he gets worked in over the next couple weeks. And he's a grab and hold for me because listen to this schedule. So he plays versus Rams. I'm so stoked about this. Like literally Um, versus the Rams, which is why I would sit him this week. But then they're at Jacksonville. First Minnesota, at Seattle, at Cincinnati, versus Atlanta, at Tennessee, versus Houston in week 17. Can you imagine you could have a league winner on your team starting against the Houston Texas in your fantasy Super Bowl championships? Pick him up, stash him before it's too late. I'm all in on Jeff Wilson. Let's go. I love Jeff Wilson. He was on my list last week, and he's somebody that I've held on to. He's been on my IR up until now, and he's Somebody that sees tar- or touches at the goal line, which I think is the most crucial part of his development. As long as the 49ers are able to generate offense, he's going to get touchdowns. And, you know, as long as, as Trey Lance doesn't come in and take away goal line touches from him, I think it's it's magical over there for Jeff Wilson. And I would definitely roster him. I don't see why you wouldn't. Why would you not roster him? Go grab Jeff Wilson Jr. All right. Mine are for a little bit deeper leagues. My first one is Tyreek. I think it's Jackson, right? I didn't. I forgot to look it up. Tyree Jackson, right for for Philly. I'm gonna I'm gonna type this in as I'm sitting here trying to buy time. I'm typing this in. Yeah, Tyree Jackson. I got it right. All right, this dude was said to have chemistry. Well, first off, he started as a tight end or as a quarterback. Another one of these quarterback converts, and uh, he's playing tight end over there. But they said he's picked up really really quickly. And in the off season, he was actually one of the favorite targets for Jalen Hurts. Now he goes in the preseason, and I'm just getting hurt really super early in the preseason and doesn't really get a shot. Well, now Ertz is gone and we know the Eagles like to run two tight end sets. I know this is a new offense, but they like to run it throughout the, the seasons thus far. Like Quez Watkins ain't doing shit. Jalen Rager is definitely not doing shit. Like they need another receiver, another, another target for this offense to run through. And since they're running the ball that much more often, Tyree Jackson offers value, not just as a pass catcher, but as a run blocker as well. And if this offense starts to get more and more and more and more and more run heavy, we could see Tyreek Jackson start to flourish in play action opportunities. 
especially close to the goal line of scrimmage. So in deeper leagues, make sure you target Tyree Jackson, especially in Dynasty, because he could be a stud. Might not happen this year, but it could happen the year after. DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter is my other one. DeAndre Carter, I think, oh, I don't think. Uh, he was the second, or he was the, the leading target getter this past week, tied for first with, uh, with Terry McLaurin. Or not this past week, I'm sorry, week eight with Terry McLaurin. He not only saw the most targets, he also saw the most receptions, and he led the team in receiving touchdowns. Now, is DeAndre Carter the sexiest pick? No. But he is relevant. They are finding ways to get him involved in the offense, and we see it time and time again. You know, first it was through special teams. Now it's through, you know, the offensive play calling. And in addition to that, if anything happens to McLaurin, and Curtis Samuel isn't ready to come back. DeAndre Carter could be the quarterback win for a quarterback that loves to chuck it. Don't forget Ryan Fitzpatrick is coming back very, very soon. I thought it might be this week. It's going to come back the week after, possibly. We still got to see how the practice reports are going. But DeAndre Carter is get downfield who knows how to field punts, which also bodes well for players who track the ball deep. People don't really put two and two together. But when you have a great uh, punt returner, right? For example, Jakeem Grant, he did very well at tracking the ball last year for uh, for Ryan Fitzpatrick because he can locate the ball when it's in the air. He deals with stress. He deals with, with people in his face, and he can end up coming down with the ball. That's DeAndre Carter. That's DeAndre Carter to a T, and this team loves him. DeAndre Carter is worth putting on your bench, benches as a gem on the back end of your rosters if you have a free space, if you had some injuries to go on. If you miss out on the waivers for this week, just throw DeAndre Carter on there. He's way better than having an injured player on there. He's way better than having a second tight end if you play in single tight end leagues. He's way better than having a second quarterback if you play in two quarterback leagues. Just throw DeAndre Carter on there and take a shot. Right? Maybe not. I love it. No, <laughs> I love it. I was trying to think. I'm like, yeah, I picked him up in this dynasty league. I picked him up in this. I, <laughs> yeah, I have actually have him on quite a few rosters already. So, yeah, I'm all in on Carter. I'll take that. And I the absence of Curtis Samuel obviously helps his his value too because Samuel's not going to come back this year, I don't think. And if he does, he's not going to be healthy enough. So Carter's the dude. Oh, man, you know what Carter's going to do? He's going to bring a championship belt back to your team. Yes, sir. He is going to bring a championship belt back to your team. And you can find these championship belts over there at Trophy Smack. Dot com. It's upside down once again. Trophysmack.com. <laughs> Use promo code CIRCLE when you go to check out. If you purchase a trophy or you purchase a belt, you throw the ring in there, the championship ring. You'll actually get the $60 ring for free. Just use promo code CIRCLE at checkout. Trophysmack.com. You can get one of these legitimately heavy, like 65 pounds. They're not 65 pounds, but they are very heavy belts. The trophies are even sicker. You can get a trophy that's like four foot over there. It's kind of insane. Anyways. Thank you guys for tuning in. Britt, where can we find you? What you got going on? Well, you can, I think one of my cats is crinkling something in the floor. <laughs> I'm a little sidetracked by that. Um, you can find me um, at fightingchancefantasy.com. You can find me on um, the post waiver wire article that I just started doing last week on um, fantasyintervention.com. And um, then I do a podcast on Sunday mornings with Kevin Tompkins and Gary Haddow called The Calm Before the Storm, answering start sick questions. And uh, on Twitter, at Britt underscore Flynn. 
Absolutely love it. Thank you, Britt, for coming on, of course. And you all can find all of our content over there at fantasyintervention.com. Once again, that's fantasyintervention.com. You all can find all of the comment on Twitter at joinarsenal underscore and my content at ff underscore intervention. Big shout out to, of course, Fantasy Football Discussion. You guys are amazing. Keep coming back for more. We could not do it without y'all. Make sure y'all bring questions for tomorrow night's show. Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be there at Fantasy Football Discussion on Facebook. You guys are amazing. And then Sunday. Oof, don't forget about Sunday. The Stars that show on Sunday is 11.30 Eastern Standard Time. Be there. Thank you guys for tuning in, and thank you all for letting us intervene with your fantasy football life. We're out. So trophysmack.com. Dude, they got these trophies that are like three or four feet tall. Like they're insane. You can get one like fishbowls on it. You can get one with like bobbleheads on it. It is sick, man. You guys got to go check out trophysmack.com. I mean, you heard it. Ian didn't even know. And he literally vouched for the company without even knowing the news vouching for it. Go check out trophysmack.com. While you're there, go enter in promo code CIRCLE. Once again, that's promo code CIRCLE. You will get a free ring valued at 60 bucks. So go check out trophysmack.com. Go enter in the promo code CIRCLE to get your free ring 